but it is previously mentioned includes Sean McEnroe and Wavy Gravy and Michael Franti and Honey DeFranco. Muhammad Ali, Madonna, Maya Angelou, Brad Pitt, and Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. We'll watch them all go at it. Next we'll get that Stephen Hawking and make him a citizen of stuff. He's the smartest guy in the world. England's had him long enough. For years enough of this Cause between you and me I hate politics Dan Byrne playing us in today Twisted Lister episode 19 As always joined by Harrison and Todd Dan Byrne our special guest coming up later on The first ever Lister interview And being joined by Dan Byrne We're excited about that And of course I'm joined by two guys Who would be in my cabinet too Just like Dan Byrne picks out his cabinet With Annie DeFranco, John McEnroe and Michael Franti I'd have them and I'd have Harrison and Todd Welcome guys Hey Hey you say, hey, thank you. I'm honored. Yeah, I thought you'd be honored. I don't know what your positions will be, but uh, I'll I fit you either, there. But I'm honored. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. I'll fit yeah. you in there. A lead bassist. Can I be lead bassist? Secretary yeah. of base? Yeah, yeah. Right. Secretary, Secretary of base. If you can take it away base. from Flea, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Uh, so welcome to the show. As always, we're counting down a topic. We'll get to that. We're going to count down our favorite albums of 2014 so far, since we're a little bit past the midway point of 2004, right. way beyond the midway point. But anyway, you know, well, we're, so we're it's kind of a first half. Yeah, kind of yeah, a first, a, a first half. More or that's, less, more or less. That's right. Well, the All Star Game comes later than like the, the the specific end of the first half, so we're fine. We're a little late on that, but that's okay. That's right. uh, if you cool. if you listened last week, we did we we talked about uh, our favorite music festival moments and Todd had this obscure memory of going to see Way More Weekend, which we, we did our research and we figured out that it doesn't really exist on the internet. We found somebody who will vouch for Todd and Harrison and say that he was there with them. Uh, Stuart is called into the show today. And Stuart, what do you remember from the Way More Weekend with these guys? So the Way More Weekend definitely did exist. I was there. <laughs> I actually could not tell you. Single band that played during that weekend because I was in seventh grade and it was an excuse to get on the metro and not be around my parents for the for the for the day or the two days that we went down. But my vivid, my vivid memory of the weekend was they were giving out free samples of Vibrant, which if anyone has ever taken, oh, it, yeah. it is a hardcore caffeine pill. And yes. at some point, I managed to give pills of Vibrant to some girl who was in seventh grade. <laughs> who decided to write about it on her instant messenger that it was making her all feel weird inside. Oh, man. <laughs> which, which was then reported back to the Tilden Middle School administrative staff when I was pulled into some deep, dark room at Tilden and quizzed on every pill that I could possibly you know, be put in front of me with the guy going, was this it? Was this it? Was this it? And so I became put in a little black book at Tilden Middle School for handing <laughs> wow. out Ivern pills from the Waymore weekend. So that, that weekend is instilled in my memory forever. So it did happen. There was a concert. I have no idea who played, but I know I was there. Well, Stuart, wow. you're not the first person to have gone to a concert, distributed pills afterwards, and realized that you didn't know who actually played at the concert. So thank yes, you for verifying the show took and place. And also not the only one in this conversation who's been pulled into a dark room at Tilden and admonished. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, Junior high school memories. Yeah. Well, so I, it happened. No, I, it, it did. It was 1994. The funny thing is I remembered who played very well, which I discussed at the, in the last show, like Weezer and Radiohead. 
but I didn't remember the Vibran samples. But <laughs> when I heard Stuart's story, it, it brought back this wave of memories because I think we all grabbed like a huge handful at least. Year supply. Maybe a, maybe a bag full of Vibran samples because <laughs> we were, you know, at an impressionable age and, you know, it was probably the only drugs we'd get our hands on easily. So we grabbed Vibrant samples and I remember in my desk at home having like <laughs> Huge stash of Vibrin for like a year or two. And, uh, I didn't take it. Hard. I don't know if I hardly ever took it. I think I took it once and it scared me. And I was like, oh, I think I'm good. But, yeah. And you uh, wondered why I didn't I get still had it. 3 a.m. every morning. And yeah, no wonder you were an insomniac. <laughs> just, <laughs> just running through the but, sky. You know, I never knew we were so hardcore back in 1994. That's what. But I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. You know, that was 1994. Nowadays. Kids would be like, Vibrin, what is this? Because they can just go get Five Hour Energy or Red Bull or Rockstar or whatever at 7-Eleven or wherever <laughs> or any grocery store. Yeah, or it something was stronger. It was yeah. Vibrant and Jolt Cola back there. That's all you had. Yeah. yeah. See, back then it was like a real difficult kind of thing to achieve. It's like that crazy caffeine high. To, to fill our listeners in, the, the Waymore Weekend made Todd's list of favorite music festival memories because he, he got to see, reportedly, supposedly, all we know is that they gave out Viver, and we still don't know who actually played at the show, but supposedly Todd says he remembers seeing Weezer and Radiohead and in 1994. Yes. And was it was Toad the Wet Sprocket there too? Or am I making... Toad the Wet Sprocket. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy's Chicken Shack. I do remember seeing that. Of course. Yeah. was barefoot. Jimmy's, Jimmy's Sh- Chicken Shack does not prove that this contract actually happened because you could fill in any <laughs> yeah. any concert in the 90s in the Washington D.C. area that was sponsored by a radio station. Right. Jimmy's Chicken Check probably played. So I that Stuart, that doesn't work. No, that doesn't give <laughs> any proof that that these actually. And actually, actually I believe the Aerosmith cover band "Draw the Line" was also there. I want to say. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Is that the one with the guy who the, the lead singer might have been? The guy who had the big Alex. hat. He had the big hat that Steven Tyler. Oh yeah, yeah. Time more. Yeah. So oh. I remember that for some reason. No, you're I mean, right. That did happen. Harrison pointed it out, I think, like soon after we got there. So, <laughs> it's hard to miss. Weird what you would remember. Well, that's I, I don't think Draw the Line has been on the same lineup card as Radiohead uh, since then. So, uh, yeah. No, I don't think, yeah. I think that's safe to say. So yeah. we saw that was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I would say. Well, Stuart, thank you for the feedback there because uh, so many people emailed us and had no idea what Waymore Weekend was, and they, nobody knew if it existed. And if uh, if we can get the set list to be posted on setlist.fm, then we can get even closer. And hopefully in the set list and the asterisks will say free pills of Vibrant were given out during <laughs> the show. Mass quantities of Vibrant. Supplied. Consumed. Supplied and consumed. consumed. Yeah, during the show. That's right. Yeah. Set lists conflict at this point in the show because the audience was too high. <laughs> exactly. You guys are just do doing even, journalism right now. Do you know, they still make Vibrant? I guess they do. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I don't, as Todd, as you said, we probably don't. Need, there's probably not much of a need for. There's probably no need for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Stuart, it thanks. Was mostly college kids and truckers, probably. <laughs> yep. It's exactly. it, oh, yeah. Well, there's probably plenty of drugs that still fall into that category, <laughs> as well as plenty of behavior too. Probably. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, well, uh, so uh, yeah, okay. I was, um, you know, one of the things, one of the behaviors is probably listening to Zach Brown Band would fall into that category. Both, both of those, both of those <laughs> demographics. So I want to know what Dave Grohl's on then. He's been listening to him a lot. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Stuart, thanks for thanks for doing that, and uh, you know, thanks for listening, man. Hey, of course, all yeah. the time. And yeah, all, yeah, thank you, Stu. If you yeah. need me to verify any more, you know, the stories of Harrison and Todd, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Uh, cool, <laughs> cool. You will be called upon again, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. All right. 
Later, guys. Have a good night. All right, man. <laughs> yep. Well, get so getting into the uh, getting into the show now. We got a lot to do, so we should get right into the countdown since we've got Dan Byrne uh, joining us later on in the hour. Great American songwriter Dan Byrne, who was mentioned in several other shows. Uh, with the he was in the you know the, the great American songwriters we talked about the baseball episode, yada yada yada. So we should get into the countdown. Today's countdown, of course. Top albums of 2014 so far. Oh, and I also should mention, you can get us on TwistedListPod.com. So all your Twisted Lister needs are there, TwistedListPod.com. Harrison, you want to get us into the countdown, man? Sure. So right. uh, top albums of the year so far. and We're you know almost at the end of July, so I'm going to oh. take full advantage of that stretch of time there. You know Go what? Ahead. I also I want to say something real quick because I think a lot of times the three of us, you know, we decided to do this podcast because we all obviously love music and we listen to a lot of new music and we, we love the fact that we get to introduce people to new music. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I, I and you think you're wavering on deciding whether you're interested in the topic, think about how many times you ask either myself, Todd, or Harrison to turn you on to some some new stuff that just came out. Well, you should listen because now is your opportunity. Just saying. There you go. Yes. There you go. All right. Yeah. Damn straight. Yes. And going with that, I'm going to go with some bleeding edge stuff here. It came out last week. My number five, I'm already putting it on the list. Bleacher's Strange Divide. The album finally came out. Um, so that's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jack Aronoff. Uh, on and off? Antonoff. 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 Antonoff, sorry from fun the guitarist from fun but he's doing this it's this big synth album that he's done again like i like you'll find this through my list is like i'm really kind of falling in love with this new wave revival that's going on right now and i you know i haven't had a chance to listen to, to the uh, bleachers album too much but i based on the singles that rolled out and seeing him live at firefly i can say it's a fan you know the music is is on point i listened to the album uh once already i think it's fantastic i think everybody should give it a try and i'm putting it on as kind of like that's really, you know, like really for the second half of the year, but I'm going to put it at number five for what's ha- happened so far because I think it's really good. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a great album. I was uh, sticking to the up till end of June kind of deadline for, mm-hmm. for the show, but we didn't make that clear. So uh, it could make <laughs> it. It could make it for the second half. Um, it actually is on. I was going to mention it as something I've been listening to lately. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I've listened to it and it's great. I mean, it's very catchy. You know, he co wrote some of the stuff for fun. So there's definitely some overlap with what Fun was doing, but yeah, it has a little bit more of a synth-heavy sound. But it's a it's a great album. So mm-hmm. and I think it's called Strange Desire, but that's just my. What, what was that? What was I saying? I I, I said I thought I said Strange Desire. I thought you said Strange Divide, but that's okay. Oh, it's I might close I, enough. It's close sorry. Enough. <laughs> strange Strange <laughs> Desire is correct. Dude, strange take some desire, take some more Vibrant. Yeah, yeah. Wake wake the I fuck should. up. Take some Vibrant for God's sake. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Dude, if, if, if they're if still making the vibrant, I think we should be able to get a sponsorship for this episode. <laughs> this we really point. should. So okay, so if that was considered a cheat, my number five otherwise would have been David Auburn's Everyday Robots, which I think stands up as a pretty good album. As he said, it's like it's the first time he had to write a concept album without having a concept, so he wrote an album about his life, you know, about a day in his life. So I you know I think Bleachers pretty- is a great choice. I wasn't. I'm not saying it's not a great choice. I dis- right. I, I, I disagree with you on that. I disagree. I disagree with you on the Damon Albarn, but that's. But that's. I, I disagree with you on the Damon Albarn. That's but, fine. It didn't make but, my list. So go with your original. But, yeah. Go yeah. with your five. But, go ahead. Good. Okay. All right. Number number four on my list is uh is Beck's Morning Phase again. You know, as I've talked about a lot, I'm a big fan of the album as a thing, and I think Beck kind of nailed it with this one, especially especially it being kind of a sequel to Sea Change. And keeping with that tone and and um, that 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 range. So again, I think it's a great album. 
I agree on Beck. I mean, I think that's going to be on a lot of your end lists. I mm. can already see that, uh, I think. But uh, it's a great album. I went back and listened to it last week after having listened to it when it came out and then taken a break. And uh, I really I liked it even more. So it's, it's yeah, that's grown on me a lot. But, uh, yeah, that's a great album. Good choice. And my top three um, kind of rounds out with albums that I've just straight up listened to the most since they've come out this year. Uh, and number three is Jack White's Lazaretto, which, again, just keeps with Jack, Jack White's sound. Um, you know, a great kind of blues album, you know, keeping with his Memphis roots. It's, you know, if you haven't heard it, you should have heard it by now. It's really, really good. Um, so Totally, totally agree. I'm gonna, it's on my list as well. And my number, uh, yeah, my number two again, going with this kind of this uh, the the synth sound, which I'm 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 really into right now, is St. Vincent's uh, self-titled album, uh, which has just had a you know a slew of good songs off of it, uh, Rattlesnake, Prince Johnny, etc. I I think it's holding up well. Um, yeah, oh, it's a, it's actually was on my list, took it off the list, considered it putting back, put, considered putting it back on. And now I'm, I actually I started making the playlist for this episode and put a bunch of St. Vincent songs on and realized I probably should have put it on my list. So, so, but anyway, Todd, it's a you, choice. you've come around on St. Vincent. I remember we I were discussing St. Vincent. We talked about her a few yeah, months ago. Yeah, and you weren't doing it. I, was not, I yeah. wasn't totally sold, yeah. but I really, I've really gotten into it more and right. more I listened to it. Because that album got me to go look, listen to her other stuff, uh, Strange Mercy, and then I uh, Love This Giant, which she did with David Byrne. And I, you know, like, I think it, she has a really good sound overall, but this album is, in particular, very very well done. So. One of the yeah. scariest yeah. album covers in recent memory is the, the cover with <laughs> David Byrne that is bizarre with the oh, yeah. stretched and, yeah, anyway. Very All right, good. and my yeah, and my number one, my number one, and again, this is a local Baltimore band. I talked about them a lot on this show. Uh, it's Future Islands uh, album singles. I think I've listened to it over a dozen times, according to my list here. And uh, just a phenomenal album from beginning to end. Seasons Change is the big hit. Here it is. I put a couple of their songs on the playlist, too, on the episode playlist. But I, I can't. I, I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to get into them. I wanted to. I just, I don't know what it is. He's got an interesting voice. It's this weird, like, crooning voice, which is weird over the synth sound. It's it's odd. It's not bad, but I just haven't gotten into it. I don't know what Yeah, I, I, I like them. I like them. Uh, if, if you haven't seen the clip of them playing Letterman, you should definitely check that out because that was awesome from a couple months back. Letterman ago. loved them. Yeah. yeah, Letterman loved them. And his whole – he looks like a karaoke DJ the way he dresses. He looks like he's about to, like, DJ karaoke night on a Tuesday at the Holiday Inn um, or a bar mitzvah. I don't know. But, like, with a black – he wear, you know, he looks like a uh, – he has, like, a, just a black T-shirt and, and these black uh, – you no, call them like – Kids to the show. Yeah, like brought kids to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting look, uh, but it, 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 I like the sound. I, I like them. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, good list. All right, That's so so recapping like recapping Harrison's list: uh, Bleachers and uh, Bleachers with Strange Desire, Back Morning Face, Jack White, Lazarado, St. Vincent's album, and then Future Island singles. Good list. Favorite albums 2014 so far. Ty, what do you got? All right, um, starting with number five. This one is a little, uh, maybe a little more obscure, but a band called Ages and Ages, which I got into a little more recently. Um, they're from Portland, and uh, the album's called Divisionary, and it's their second album, 
Um, but they they kind of had a big lineup transformation between the first and second album. So I feel like it's almost a first album. Um, but yeah, it's kind of indie pop, uh, great vocal harmonies, um, and it some some of it's reminiscent of the Shins, but a little more like heavy on the vocals, I would say, than the Shins. Um, and I'd say they're probably the the newer band that I'm most excited about right now. So I thought that was uh, definitely worth including. And it's again, it's called Ages and Ages. Um, the album is Divisionary. And next up, number four, um, I had Sharon Van Etten. Uh, she has this is her fourth album, I believe. It's called Are We There? And I, again, that's one I've gotten into a little more recently, but it's really, um, really good. When I first when I first listened to it, it's like it's it's interesting. The whole album. It's funny because uh, I couldn't help but think of Lana Del Rey because she's gotten so much hype lately, and um, she gets all this attention because she, you know, makes these provocative comments. And I think Sharon Van Etten actually has a similar kind of sound. It's a little like woozy, like it's four in the morning and maybe I should be asleep, but I'm still singing. Um, like Mazzy Star, you know, did 20 years ago. I think they're both influenced by Mazzy Star, but um, so it's got that hypnotic quality to it. But it's just this brutal relationship album, and it's you know a lot of it's about a breakup, you know, gone a relationship gone horribly wrong. Um, but I feel like Lana Del Rey could learn a lot from Sharon Van Etten, and it's Are We There? It's just a great album, and I think it's I liked her last album, which was uh, produced by uh, by I think it was Aaron Dessner from uh, The National. He produced the last album, but I think this really builds on that, and I think it's the best thing that she's done. Um, so far, and I know it's getting a lot of attention, maybe on some year-end lists as well. But she is touring right now, so any, anyway, worth checking out. I have two comments. I have two comments on yeah. that. Sharon Van Etten. Mm-hmm. I feel I like the older stuff better, actually. And I've had trouble oh, really? get, getting into this one, or I was into it, and now I'm not anymore. I got I don't know if I got bored huh. with it. I don't know what the de- I don't know. I wasn't. I want. It was one of those things. You know, when you listen to something, you really want to like it, and I really wanted to like it, and I wasn't liking it as much as I. That's like maybe like me and Saint Vincent. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, so, I wanted to like Saint Vincent. Yeah. I didn't, and then I really got into it later. And, and my second comment is, I'm glad that you mentioned Mazzy Star because I've now written myself a note uh, in which I will, which will remind me that I will have to give you my review of the first episode of the Linda Perry Project. You see where that went? Oh. There, I went Mazzy Star. I thought oh, female I like vocals that. of the '90s, and I remembered that the Linda Perry Pro- or not Linda Perry is it called the Perry Project? I don't that's what it's called whatever the hell it's called i think it is the linda perry project yeah well anyway i'll give my review later on in the show so uh, thanks for thanks for mentioning the 90s vocalists yeah to to remind us of that and i felt like i felt like in 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 an episode (laughs) like this where we're talking about best of the year yeah i felt like it's worth mentioning lana del rey because she's gotten so much hype yeah so much attention but i clearly i think you know uh that that someone i think sharon van etten is more deserving and and not, not that lana del rey i'm not trying to like shit on her I just don't think she's as good or as someone like St. Vincent or or uh, Sharon Van Etten. So, you know, anyway, and Sharon Van Etten definitely has a similar sound. So, anyway, going on to number three, um, these are ones that I guess I'd say my top three are ones that I've listened to, like kind of like Harrison said, maybe listened to the most. Uh, but three, I had Broken Bells after the disco, uh, their second album. Uh, I think it's just a it's an awesome expansion of what they did on their first album together, and I think they improved on that uh you know on that the model that they had on that first album and i, th- I think it, it, it's a it, the cool thing about that album about this album after disco is it's a kind of album you can play it like you know when you're when you're the night is building up a little bit um you know you're just starting out the night you can play it the next morning when you're hungover it's perfect for any time basically mm-hmm. i think 
Um, I, 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 I just think that... I mean, I, I really like the album, too. I just think that, like, Danger Mouse is kind of getting into a a groove, you know, or I don't know if it's a groove or a rut as far as, like, his albums... His his work's beginning to sound kind of the same. I think you like, could this, say... I think that's that may be true. But I also... But I think that, like... It, I guess maybe I was gonna say that that I give him some of the credit for the hooks, which is like this propulsive feeling to the whole album. The whole mm-hmm. thing's just got this great groove, which is more of the Danger Mouse quality. But then I think James Mercer brings it even better on the vocals and the like falsetto that he goes into more so on this album, I think, than even on the first album. I feel like there's this confidence that James Mercer has that you don't get in the shins. And so that's I don't know, that's what I loved about this. And I think I was probably influenced by the fact that. I saw him at 9:30 Club um, in DC back in uh, March, I think, and it was like one of the best shows I've seen this year too. I mean, they really mm-hmm. brought it live too, so that I think that probably helped. Uh, but it, anyway, I, I wanted, I felt like I, I, I had to include that one. Um, and then number two, I have Old 97s, uh, Most Messed Up, and it's cool because I loved Old 97s back in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then I felt like they kind of had a slump for a while. Uh, as far as their output, even though they continue to be a great live band, and this was a like a fantastic return to form of what they do best, and you know, being this bar band with country rock swagger and confidence, and I think that comes from playing together for 20 years. Um, so, it's an awesome album, most messed up. Uh, a lot of highlights on there, and uh, yeah, it got me excited about old 97s more than I had been in years. And then seeing them live again was kind of icing on the cake. So. That I have is number two, um, and then number one, Jack White, Lazaretto, which I talked about again a couple shows ago, and Harrison had on his list. And it's funny for me because I've always liked Jack White. I always liked the White Stripes, but they were never—I probably never would have had them on number one on any list of mine. Um, hmm. So this is kind of a first for me. I this this album I think is this brilliant step forward um, in what's been this stellar, phenomenal musical career. Todd, he's the, the, sh- the showrunner of the crappy bastards, and he's you wouldn't have him at number one. I mean, hey, I you know it's your not number even one that. pick. This is just easier. He has uh, been your number one. Todd, no. he is he is so high on Todd's list right now. It's crazy. So Every high. week, so and high. No, look, hey, so he high. is. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously he's number one, but yeah. but he never would have been number one after the last album, his first solo album. I was not that impressed with. Yeah. Um, the the White Stripes last couple albums I wasn't crazy about. Um, so I'm just saying I'm. He, Jack White has ascended to this level for me, where nice. he was not always at the top of, of my list. And you'll note that I did not include Bruce Springsteen's album. I know, I year. yeah, I was wow. surprised. High so hopes, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. trying, you know, high yeah. hopes. I love that, and yeah. it was on. I had to knock it out, but it's, yeah. but and partly because, and maybe it's partly because High Hopes was kind of a collection of of like outtakes and odds and sods, as the Who would say. But it wasn't. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a proper album. Uh, but this Jack White album, Lazaretto, it just he's he explores these new, I think some different territory for him a little bit. I mean, there is familiar territory with the yeah. blues rock sound that he's perfected over the years, but it also has him exploring a little bit of country and folk and some other things, and really synthesizing everything, the best elements of White Stripes, uh, Raconteurs, Dead Weather, everything he's done. And to me, I think it's you know, like I said, I think it's it's pinnacle of his career at least to this point. So that's number one. 
Yeah, and he, and he continues to prove why he's the music festival headliner of the summer, uh, and we'll have more on that later in the show. I mean, this he's killing it like every weekend, it seems like, at a different festival. So Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Laz- and Lazaretto obviously killing it too. So, Todd, you're, you're five, ages and ages, uh, Divisionary, Sharon Van Etten, Are We There, Broken Bells, After the Disco, Old 97's Most Benced Up, and number one for you, Jack White, Lazaretto, your number one album 2014 so far. That's right. All right. Moving on. To, oh, and the one other yeah, honorable ahead. mention, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I can. Yeah, other than, other than Springsteen, High Hopes, and I'm glad mm-hmm. Harrison mentioned Back Morning Phase, mm-hmm. um, but because that was definitely uh, high on that list. Um, the War on Drugs, I feel yeah. like got to mention Lost in the Dream. Hard not to put that on there, but I feel like I'm going to keep listening to that one the rest of the year because it's a it grows and grows on you, and I feel like by the end of the year that could be on uh, that could be on my and we will do I'm sure a best of 2014, but that would be on there possibly too and uh so anyway i felt like that was that bears is worth mentioning yeah we're on drugs it was on my it was um, an honorable mention of mine and that's an album that grew on me i remember we were talking about that and it didn't hit me at first and it grew on me so uh moving on to to my five uh, albums so far of 2014 i've got one newer one band that's that was newly introduced to me this year and then four that have been in my arsenal for a long time that have put out new stuff so uh my number five release is temples with sun structures i heard the one of the singles and i started listening to a bunch of the other stuff off the album and uh, really enjoyed it really like them uh, so temple sun structures at number five number four against me transgender dysphoria blues an album which i've mentioned before on the show i really like that band and i i really I, I think this this stands up with all their other stuff as well number three for me g love coming out with the album sugar you know i hadn't listened to g love in forever and then he comes out with this new album and i start listening to it and it definitely reminded me of the older stuff which is i think something you look at when you have you know like 25 to 30 years of of music of a music collection like we do um it's welcoming to hear something from one of your favorite acts from back in the day that sounds just like it did back in the day and and i thought he came back with some really good stuff and i don't think his stuff has ever really taken a a harsh hit Uh, obviously commercially it has it doesn't see much commercial success but um yeah so g loves album sugar i really liked the Hold Steady, Teeth Dreams, Met My Expectations. Uh, I think that's that's fair to say. Again, one of my favorite active <laughs> bands out there. Met my ex- that sounds yeah. like you're dealing with me praise there. But I don't yeah, know. it also seems like I think it fits in the same category as kind of G-Love is this, this kind of band that's been around for a long time that kind of meets expectations. I, that's well, what G-Love I exceeded G, G-Love exceeded expectations for me, which maybe maybe I had very low expectations. The G-Love, I was going to say the yeah. fact that he's at yeah. three and, and yeah. Hold Steady's at two probably yeah. tested. Yeah. Tested testament to that and then number one for me was old 97's most messed up i'm with you todd I, you know uh i haven't been a, a, as much of a fan of their their most recent stuff over the past probably five years or so uh i agree you you said it you hit the nail on the head man still a great live act and then you know this this album came out and had some catchy stuff and yeah it just it's it just kind of it was it was good it's good it's good it's 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 about it's it's yeah it's it, it just kind of it's the sound that you want from old 97s it's it rocks a little more than than the stuff that they had been putting out in recent years i think um it's very honest as far as the lyrics with things like long you know longer than you've been alive and uh they just kind of they, they i felt like they were they were really relaxed in the album and just did what they do and i'm probably over analyzing old 97s album but that's what we do on this show but it's it's great music man old 97s most messed up is is great music and i i highly recommend somebody checking that out if you haven't listened to it yet so those hey, are my five. Good. I, I like it. And actually, you uh, temples was something new to me. 
Um, yeah. I when you you met you know just you mentioning them, but I uh, checked it out a little bit and re- reminded me a little of Cooler Shaker and not in a bad yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, you no, know it. Oh, it's got it, that, that it, British it, psychedelic it, sound. It sounds like you old. Know? It does. It sounds like something that could have come out in in the '60s or '70s in, in the UK. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that. Yeah, uh, and and um, yeah, it's it's a cool sound. So yeah, check out Temples too. So narrowing it down to our our final five, we got a few that are on two lists. Old '97s they made two lists jack white obviously made two lists and bleachers made two lists so obviously those will be on our, our final five so old 97s jack white and bleachers what what, what do we think well, the other two slots well, bleachers bleachers, bleachers didn't, didn't didn't oh didn't make, make I'm so, oh yeah you're I right just said i really liked yeah, it yeah 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 you're right i thought it was uh, on my what i've been yeah. listening to yeah yeah that's right I, right I i i eliminated it on a technicality that's so. right <laughs> <laughs> it's too new. Since yeah. it was released in July. So we've got Jack White and Old 97s on on the list on the on the list. I think um, we can agree on that probably. What yeah, what else what else should we go with here? Well, Beck, I mean, I'm I'm, you know, I think Beck was mentioned. I'm totally so. fine with Beck. I mean, I nominate St. Vincent too. All right. But um that's me. Saint. Yeah, no, I I St. Vincent like I said was uh, on off and on my list or on and off. All right. Uh, so now we're left. So we've got the, the ones that are remaining that are possible nominees would be Bleachers, Broken Bells, Sharon Van Etten, Ages and Ages, Temples, G Love, Hold Steady, and Against Me. Uh, and Future he, Islands. And what? Future, Island. Future, oh, Island. yeah, Future Islands. Yeah, which is a good, which is another. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I mean, I, I like the Future Islands album. Todd, how do you feel about the Future Islands album? Um, oh, like you said, said you can't I, get into I, it. You're not getting. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I kind of, I kind of like it, but I'm yeah. like halfway on it. But yeah. um, I, I would probably go with. <laughs> <laughs> I what else was out there? We were talking. Oh, I, I probably, I like Bleachers better, probably than Future right. Islands. But, All right. I mean, that's cool. What do you think? Um, I guess Broken Bells isn't gonna make it. That's okay. No, it's but, not. Uh, I, I'm not gonna. No, I can that's, live with that. It's not. You don't like Broken Bells. No, it's. How do you feel about Broken Bells, Scott? You're not just not. No, that album. I don't like that album. No, I don't. Oh, don't? I don't know. Oh, I thought okay. it was too. It that's was, what I wanted to hear. I and I don't know if it just has. I don't know if it was. It's interesting because I don't know if it's subliminal with disco in the name, but I actually thought the sound was too yeah. discoy and too. Oh like, really? Yeah. I, I, huh. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't okay. into it. Yeah. No, I, um, I like to hear what you guys think of it. Yeah, so. wasn't into wasn't into that. Okay. Um, so so let's go with so Jack so White we, is probably the the number one album I'm guessing, right? We've, we can, you know what? I'm okay with going with uh, Future Islands because right. you know Bleachers might be in the second half. Oh, Todd. So. Yeah, Todd's concerned. Okay, I, I gotta stick with the rules. Right. I gotta right. stick with the rules here. All right. so I did get some feedback. Speaking of which, from a loyal listener, Andy, mm-hmm. and he said his favorite part of our shows, having listened to to various shows. Is is us arguing over the rules or the, uh, the criteria? <laughs> yeah. He said that that is what he really enjoys is us talking Good. about the criteria and that you know yeah. the various yeah uh, so rules. So I, I so anyway so in honor of Andy I say let's go with uh, let's go with Future Islands and you guys right. obviously like it Fine. so and yes. maybe it'll grow on me. Yeah, yeah. Title of the show's best well. album so far and today's so far. Right, that's First, right. So far, well, June thirtieth. Yes. So. so so I would say Jack White at one would would Beck be the fair two sl- in the two slot probably or old ninety sevens old ninety sevens oh, oh sure yeah yeah that's yeah. fine all right cool yeah, yeah I'm happy with old ninety seven and then we could put Beck in the three slot right? yeah yeah and, and then and then Saint Vincent Saint yeah. Vincent yeah well that's that's yeah and, that's good and then uh, 
Future Islands. That's a strong list, right? Yeah, so, so our top five albums of 2014 so far. Jack White, Lazarado at number one. Old 97s, Most Messed Up at number two. Congrats to Old 97s. Beck Morning Pays yeah. at number three. <laughs> Congrats. Four. Is four Future Islands or five Future Islands? No, no five no. Future Islands. Okay, so Saint four Vincent. is St. Vincent. Saint Vincent. Saint four, self-titled. Yeah. Yep, and five, five being future islands. So, right, is that official? Is that official? That's official. That's official. That's official. All right, so, so four out of my five albums. Yeah. On that list. Thank oh, you there Thank you. Very yeah, much. you. Right. you wow. No, Harrison, you. Yeah, you're the. I killed it. You, you killed, killed it. it on this one, man. You did. You did. You did. Well, my my list. This is you know I, I felt as I was going back to it. You know my list is it's like old. Like I felt like I really it was old geezer guy rock i mean i i had like, three <laughs> like three bands and i but you guys know yeah. i'm very honest about, i mean i'm i'm very honest about it i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get critical acclaim here i mean this I is i respect you know, that you had you love on your list yeah you, know, you like that like I'm, that's I, not because other people are saying no, it should be on i don't yeah it's not because other people so go and i and i do want to you know people should still go check out g loves new stuff and i i it's you know a whole other thing is it's hard for i think older bands to get hype um around their new stuff now and and yeah i mean what's what's you love gonna do other than get the hype that he deserves from twisted lister so uh we give it to <laughs> that's him. right yeah anyway. and maybe he'll come on the show or maybe Rhett miller will because you know we obviously are showing love that's right that's oh, right <laughs> that's our five albums of 2014 so far and now it's time to welcome our first ever lister interview to the show and we'd like to welcome dan byrne welcome to the program Nice to be here. Yeah, well, thank, thanks for taking some time. Uh, you know, you, you fit in great. We wanted to give you a call after doing two shows dedicated to something near and dear to your heart, one being Great American Songwriters, which you fit into the category, and the other being baseball songs. You, of course, having a full album dedicated to baseball and many tracks dedicated to baseball and other sports stuff. Uh, so what, you know, what was the influence to, to write an album uh, all about baseball? Well, I just had them. You know, I just had... A bunch of baseball songs sitting around from years of every now and then writing one <clears throat> and um, lo and behold I started adding them up and I had you know like 20 some so I had to actually scale it back a little bit and, and um, make a what I called a double header out of it which was 18 and um, I you know I kind of held myself to a a pretty um, hard standard, you know. I didn't want it to be just a song on there with like just some passing reference to baseball player or something. So, you know, I feel like the songs that were on there were like actually somehow really about baseball or some aspect of it. So, what are you? You know, we we counted down our favorite baseball songs and and. Uh... Todd had you in the countdown actually frequently. Uh, what what are some of your favorite? You know, I'll give you. So on our final countdown, obviously center field, and there was a controversial pick with Glory Days because of the speedball fastball thing. And I want to get your take on that and your your opinion of, of Glory Days as a baseball song. What are some of your favorite uh, baseball tunes? Um, well, you I bet you probably had a. Steve Goodman's song in there, the Dying Cub Fan's Last Request. You know, I always liked that one. Steve Goodman didn't make the final list. Eddie Vedder's All the Way made the final list. What do you you know that one? Uh, no. Oh, okay. You have to check that one out. That did All that right. did make the final list. Um, so so yeah, obviously you're a fan of the, of the Steve Steve Goodman song. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously the baseball stuff's great. I think Todd has a, a few more questions for you regarding baseball and sports stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah. I was I was talking about opening day because I love that song. Because um, we did the show to kind of kick off. It was right before opening day, kick off the season. And to me, there's no better song than that one um, for you know for for March basically and spring training every year. So that was one that that was kind of near and dear to me, but there's a lot of, it was very hard for me to narrow it down to one song of yours um, as far as baseball goes. But yeah, I was wondering, you, I like how you touch on sports a lot. Scott and I are both big sports fans. Harrison is too. Um, but you touch on sports, not just baseball, but you, you know, you have Namath Mantle and Me, which is a great song. Um, even going back to Oh Sister, uh, which is one of my favorite songs of yours. Um, did you grow up, I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, the the origins of your, your sports fandom, and if, if you grew up as a sports fan when you were a kid or something you got into later. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely something I got into as a kid. Um, my my parents uh, were, were both immigrants, so they didn't have any American sports culture really at all. And so I was kind of looking back, kind of thought, well, that was kind of my way of kind of picking up on – like American culture as a whole, you know, which which wasn't just kind of handed to me. I had to sort of go out and find it, and that that's that's one of the ways I think, especially when I was a kid, you know, that that I that I found it, and like it it started to mean mean a lot to me. And even before I I was in a place where I could go to a lot of games, I grew up in a small town in Iowa. We didn't have a a major league team or anything and so you know a lot of it that i got was just from from those sports books that that they make for kids you grew up as a Cubs. Oh, that's great Did you grew up as a cubs fan in iowa i didn't oh. i didn't everybody around me was a cubs fan yeah um i happened to read a book about willie mays before i probably read a book about any any of those other guys and i just started following the giants or maybe it was just when i read it but um um so I, you know, I kind of started following the Giants for a long time, just just because of that. Yeah. So uh, any any more sports? Are you still writing sports tunes? Any more sports tunes on the horizon coming up? Well, they always kind of kind of poke out. I, I, there's usually one or two a season, just uh, just from uh, you know, without yeah. thinking about it or without without forcing it. Um, I'm trying to think what the I'm trying to think what the last one was, but um, it's not coming to mind. But I, well, you know, I, wrote, I I was in Pittsburgh uh, just a couple months ago, and I, I went to a game there at um, the New Park. I think PNC it's called. Yeah. And yep. It's right on the river, and it's beautiful. And there's there's all those statues and a lot of history around there. So I I kind of wove a lot of that into a into a tune. So is is, oh, yeah. is McCutcheon in the uh, in the song? Did you mention? <laughs> <laughs> no, kind of. No, he didn't. You know, it's more like the Clemente Stargell uh, Mazeroski right. crop. It's kind of the statue crop. That's got it. Got yeah, it. I, I had to get a statue. I went for my birthday about two years ago to PNC Park and had to get a statue by Clemente. He was one of my sports idols when I was a kid. I remember reading biographies about him, and you know, it was fun as a kid because you could look up to him not only for his baseball heroics but also you know he was obviously they named the, the humanitarian award after him so you kind of look up to him for that yeah too. i mean um, if, you know certain parts of the country if you 
if you say his name, men men weep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, that that kind of leads what you were talking to about. I mean, talking about with, um, you know, how the songs come to you. I wanted to just ask you about your songwriting approach um, and whether it's something for you that you kind of sit down and you focus on writing for some period of time, or for you if it's more of a spontaneous process. Or, or just, or I guess not a process, but a spontaneous thing, or just a mix of, of the two? Well, I think it is a mix. And, you know, it's like it, it, there's usually some spontaneous thing that sort of um, triggers it, and then and then I'll, I'll have to make room for it, you know? And usually, hopefully, yeah. right, when, right when it happens, you know, I'll be in a, in a, in a place where I can do that. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, done all this, all the stuff you pull over and start, you know, or actually I, I do write a lot when I'm actually driving. Um, huh. it, it's a lot easier now with, with the phone that every, you know, that has a voice recorder, uh, and you know, old days you'd have to pull over and, um, um, you know, find a quarter and, a and a payphone and sing into your answering machine. Cause, <laughs> you know, because the melodies, the, the, they, you know, you can write, you can write the 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 wor- words down, but the melodies are pretty fleeting if you don't sort of capture those. Yeah, you, you got oh, a good, you have a good story about pulling over and uh, going to a payphone and, and writing a song. Well, I got a million stories. I mean, <laughs> I, I did that a, a million times. You know, yeah. I mean it. You know, we didn't all have phones in our pockets, let alone in our cars. And, um, um, you know, if if you're sort of uh, disciplined enough to always have a little, you know, cassette player or something in your pocket, that's great. But oftentimes, you know, you might, like, take a walk or uh, jump on your bike or something and go to the store, and on the way, you know, you got this, this tune and it's like oh man how you know how can how can i capture this before it's lost so uh, you know it's as i say with the with the cell phones and uh with you know with really a lot stronger coffee now at the gas stations that that helps too <laughs> what's what's your take on what's your take on technology and the impact on music obviously you're talking about how it's affected the the songwriting and recording process and it sounds like you're a fan of that uh, i know that's a it's a loaded question but you know just asking in general you know you've been doing this for a long long time uh what's your take on the impact of technology and how it's impacted the recording process as well as the industry as a whole i mean everybody i mean i, I live in echo park in la you know and it's like you can fall down and hit a world-class studio. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's amazing what people have steps from their bedroom. Uh, I was over at a friend of mine's today, um, a guy named Michael Andrews. He's, he, he's done, like, a million movies and TV shows, and, like, he's got just this unbelievable world-class studio, you know, just literally, like, in his attached to his house and you know i'm 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 constantly trying to slowly upgrade what i'm able to do i mean what what i can do personally now versus what i could have even imagined doing 10 15 years ago is phenomenal but then when i see somebody like that it's like oh man well you know 
what even bother? It's amazing. Um, I mean, I think maybe no matter what walk of life you're in right now, you're probably way more advanced than you ever imagined you could be and also feeling like you're some kind of dinosaur and you'll never catch up. Do you feel like you've caught up? How do you, how do you feel that you fit in? I mean, with the challenge I'm assuming with technology is there's this amazing opportunity to get new fans because you're now there's there's more accessibility than ever before, but at the same time you're in a pool that's that's larger than yeah. ever before, right? Well, so, right, yeah. right. I mean, you know, if in one way, it's like, oh, man, everybody thinks they're a songwriter now. What the hell's going on? And on the other hand, it's like everybody is, you know, and it's like kind of what I've been feeling all along. And, like, you know, sometimes I do songwriting workshops and, like, because cause basically I feel like it's everybody's birthright to to make up songs, you know, to weave together uh, melody and ideas, thoughts, you know, the same way everybody is is born in some way being able to paint and being able to dance, you know, and it's like I've I've believed that from from the get go, you know. And at the same time it's like, man, you know, not enough work to go around. Why are these actors writing songs? You know? So <laughs> I don't know. I you know, I on one hand you never catch up and if you're if you're always feeling like you're in some kind of race, you know, you're then then you're in you know, you're in trouble. But um, I don't know. You you also lean on other people and their expertise, and I think there's way more collaboration I see going on than ever before in in all kinds of ways. I mean, you know, something like TV now is like I mean, TV shows now are not what TV shows were growing up. You know, they're they're all so good it seems like, and and they're using the best of everybody being the best writers and the best actors and the best music makers and they're all weaving it together and it's better than the stuff you go to in the movies you know yeah no it's that's true the importance of yeah television obviously in a in a golden age right now todd do you have any any more follow-up on the on the songwriting process or anything else for dan uh no i think that was interesting the only other thing i was going to ask was uh was is kind of you talked about all the songwriters that are out there uh, these days, and I was just curious if there's any, you know, who you like, what you're listening to right now. Um, I think, you know, I know I was going to ask about some of your influences, but I know you can talk about that as well. But I, I know you talk about that some in song. Um, but I guess, yeah, any combination of those. Well, what, personally, what I've been trying to do is, is, is like, I got a new record that I've been making, and. Um, mm-hmm. It, you know, I'm, and and just what I've been doing live and with the guys I'm playing with, I'm been trying to kind of synthesize everything that I've always loved and always kind of done, and like just bring it forward so that like the sort of old folk blues is in there, and the and the you know classic country is in there, and the and the rock pop is all in there, and I feel like it's all kind of working together in a cool new way, so. Um, you know, I feel bad sometimes when, like, it's like, what have you been listening to? Well, I've been, <laughs> I've been listening to these same 12 songs that I've been, that I recorded, <laughs> you know, over the last few months, and I've been trying to sequence them, and, uh, so sometimes that's, like, that's just, that's what it is, and everything else hey, that I listen that's... to just kind of comes in peripherally. Sure, no, that's fair, I mean, you should be, it's great, you're focused on... You know what you're working on, but so, I mean every day I, I hear something that I haven't heard before, and I'm knocked out. And, and half the time it's like, who was it? What was that? And it's like, 
it's da, 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 something you've never heard of and you forgot it two minutes later but it's like um i i it's weird i mean i feel like in some ways better work is being done now than at any other time I, I agree. I, I think that's true. I think there's amazing stuff out there now. It's all about unearthing it, right, and finding it. So how, how are you discovering stuff? Are you finding stuff on, on TV, like you mentioned? Are you finding stuff because you're out at, at clubs and stuff, you know, playing, and then yeah. you're hearing other artists? How are you, you know, how are you finding stuff, and how are you getting attached to it? Well, all of that, really. Yeah. I mean, really all of that. It's like right now I, I was given the assignment by a, a, a radio station out here to write um, – kind of cool to write like a one song uh, about all the uh emmy nominees oh, that's cool. the shows from like the dramatic ones and one for all the the comedy ones so i've been like binge watching tv <laughs> shows which everybody does and like um <laughs> that's awesome and i haven't i haven't done that you know i've been like and i didn't tell them that oh actually you you know you got like the worst person possible to do this i just felt like okay this is the assignment i gotta i gotta bone up now so you know i'm i'm seeing all these great shows and hearing all this great music in it and like a lot of it i i won't even know what it is or or something it's the same thing when you you travel around you listen to the, the radio or you, you you know you punch in pandora and just let it go and it's like man this is, or you know you, yeah. you put on um I don't know. It's uh, I'm I'm not necessarily the one who knows everything that I'm listening to, but it it seems to be like just all interesting and good and and people putting things together in new ways and and um I've been doing more collaborating too and that's that's fun. And that's a great way to actually sort of get in on somebody else's process. Well, I can't wait to hear the song with the, uh, the yeah the song with the Emmy nominees. I want to see yeah. House of Cards and Modern Family weaved into the same song. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> so tell us about well, that. I think yeah, go ahead. They're in different categories. Oh, so the, oh, it's two separate. Okay, be, yeah, oh, that's okay, true. Okay. Two right. separate. But they'll yeah. both be in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. Who tell us a little about that project? Who's that for? What's what's going on? When is that going to come out? Well, it's, it's probably. In, it, it, I think it's supposed to be. In, they wanted it like within the next month. Okay. Um. It's a it's a station called KPCC, which is oh, one sure. of the NPR stations out here. I, I and, listen uh, I listen to the film week marquee from KPCC regularly. So yeah, okay, that's well, cool, man. yeah, they're yeah. cool, yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, these days everybody I know is doing twenty million things. You know, they're they're doing podcasts like yourself, and they're doing, you know, I got a, a I got a show called Theme Park on as on uh, on the stage it website which is like a uh you know a thing on the internet that you just uh do from your own home or wherever else and and then people can tune in and um yes i don't know it just seems like everybody's doing everything whereas it used to be that everybody could just do one thing and, and it's changed yeah, well, it goes. It's the technology, right? It's the ability to do anything from anywhere at any time, and the cost of production is near zero, and that's that's why. So right. it's it's great, and right. like you said, everybody wants to express themselves, and we live in a time where everybody can do it, which is awesome. So as you mentioned, you've got the Stage It show coming up on July thirtieth. So you do themes around those shows. Is that how that works? Yeah, I mean, it sounds, you know, in some way similar to what you're doing. I I, I take a 
a, a different theme every every show and and just weave songs to that that theme. It's it's really cool. That's cool. We'll check that out. So that's on stage it on the 30th of July, and then and then you're uh, out on tour doing the West Coast in August September or, uh, August September, and then you'll head to the East Coast in October, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think cool. October might might. Uh, Anyway, yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we look forward yeah. to seeing you, seeing you out on the road. Thanks so much for for taking time with us today. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Well, anytime, and and uh, you know, um, hit me up again, and you know, whenever. We'll definitely hit up Dan Byrne one more time. Uh, we want to thank Dan Byrne for being the guest on today's episode of Twisted Lister. As always, now time to review some of the recent music news. That's been making the rounds. I wanted to start with the Alternative Press Music Awards. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see any of this, but it took place in Cleveland recently, and uh, it was trending all over Twitter. Uh, Access TV did a live broadcast. The, the, the YouTube coverage was amazing because they archived all of the, the entire show on YouTube. So I, I would probably say that most of, the, most of it was watched on YouTube as opposed to Access, but not, not to take anything away from Mark Cuban and Access TV. Um, he can, he, Mark can come on the show and tell us how much viewership took place on we would love to have yeah we'd love to have that but but anyway what i was getting at was it was interesting for me to see a show like that uh obviously be obviously resonate with a younger audience um and and music fans because it was it was now there was a lot of shit rock on the show don't get me wrong okay you had you had acts like paramore and some other stuff on there and and you had like because it was catered to younger audience but they brought in some amazing older acts. Joan Jett was on the bill, and Joan Jett performed with Lord Jane Grace and Slash, and that's a clip on YouTube worth checking out. Uh, they they honored Joe Perry was there. We, he did a thing with Slash, I think. Uh, Billy Corgan was part of the festivities. It all took place in Cleveland because Cleveland's the place to be now. I don't know. The hard rock and roll is in Cleveland. It is. <laughs> I was going to say the center of the world right now between LeBron and Johnny yeah. Football, Johnny America, yeah. right? Yeah. Did Did you guys get a chance to to check out any of this alternative press music awards? I not. did not see okay. it. No. So yeah, ch- so check it out. It's it's worth seeing some of the stuff. You know, obviously, I, I, <laughs> there was a Coolio appearance too on the show. Uh, Coolio. <laughs> oh, I should find this clip. So Coolio. He's happy anytime he can get press. Well, all. he is. Yeah, more on Coolio in, in a bit. But uh, he was he was there doing. There was a, a a punk band, and I can't remember the name of the punk band, and they did a cover of Gangsters Paradise. Um, and Coolio said, decided to lend his alternate, his, his, uh, his talents to the, to the, the proceedings as well. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting here. Let me find, let me find that. You got to hear, you guys have to hear this. Hold on. You guys have to, I got to find this because it's, it was not, it's not, you know what? Just look it up. Coolio. Oh, you know who else okay. was there? Ice tea and body count. Ice tea and body count. Oh, oh nice. New album out. Yeah, they were they were there too. So anyway, that's the wow. old alternative press music awards. Couple nineties flashbacks there. Yeah, it was all it was all and it's all out there on YouTube for you to watch and enjoy. And uh, obviously the kids loved it. Uh, <laughs> kids. Jack White out again, proving that he's the music festival headliner of the summer, deciding to cover 99 Problems. How about that? You guys check that out at all? Have you heard that? I, I mean, yeah. it was, I guess, a, just a, like what? He did like one ver or two, 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 two verses. verses. Two verses. Two verses. Yeah, two verses. Yeah. I thought, well. He's been, he's been doing this a lot. Sorry. I mean, well, he, he covered Kanye last week, I think. Black Skinhead, and then he's also done yeah. uh, uh, Royals. Uh, 
recently. Yeah. Oh, so, Jack White knows how to please the crowd. He he I did mean, do Royals, but incredible. I now I have I remember in Brooklyn for several years back uh, when Fish played Brooklyn, it was probably going close to ten years ago. They did Ninety Nine Problems and Jay Z came out, and I actually oh, nice. think oh yeah that the Jack White version is better than the Fish with Jay Z version. I do. Well, have you heard that? What about the Pearl Jam with Jay Z version? What? Oh, did they they play... I didn't know Pearl Jam. Did when it? did that? Happen? Oh yeah, they played. That happened at uh, Made in America Fest uh, two years ago. Oh. They, they were the they were the co-headliners, and and Jay Z came out and did uh, 99 Problems with Pearl Jam. They played it. Uh, he sang it over WMA, which is awesome. Oh. That is awesome. That's a really good track. Check that out. Yeah. Right, yeah. That is that does yeah. Obviously neither both Todd and I missed that. We got to check that out. Here it is. Wow, Hold I on. thought here. you guys knew. Yeah. Here. So here it is. Hold on a second. Let me cue that up. I got the rap patrol, only got the troll. Pulls the one to make sure the cast is closed. Rap critics are saying it's money can't show. I'm from the hood, stupid, what type of facts to know? If you grow up with hoes and clap the toe, you celebrate the minute you attack your dough. I'm like, fuck critics, you can kiss my whole ass hole. You can flex the lyrics, you can press back. Fuck, I got beats for ready, y'all, but I'm playing. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good. Rap back, John, use for black ass, so advertise people more cash. Yeah, and the video. But the thing to remember about 99 Problems is it's an Ice T song. It isn't. So this is what's interesting. You talking about Body Count performing this week at the Alternative Press thing? Yeah. Is that this? This is a reminder, and I think what this is what Jack White is trying to remind everybody with by playing these songs at these shows is that music is a conversation. It's not a one-way street. And back in the 60s and stuff, and in the 50s and the folk movement, in the you know in the psychedelic movement, this happened all the time. Like everybody had their version of Bobby McGee, right? Like, and this is yeah. in, in, in this new litigious age or in this anti sampling age, everyone's afraid to step on anybody else's toes. And it's only the big shots who can get away with it or feel like they can get away with it. But they're really hearkening back to an era where we res- like musicians respected the fact that they were building on a, a previous foundation and it was a back and forth. And I think this is getting back to that. I love that. I, th- I think you're right on, Harrison, with that opinion. That's true. That's no, I agree. Saying. I mean, we've talked about it some on the like Beatles cover show. I think we talked about. A little about, uh, you know, the Beach Boys had, like, a rivalry with the Beatles and, like, Pet Sounds inspired some of what the Beatles did and Bob Dylan inspired and vice versa. Hendrix doing Sgt. Pepper's the the day after it came out, you know, like, those all those kind of things. That was, like, that was was how it happened back then. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, like, the, the, yeah, the the Dylan and Beatles and a lot of those acts, they all were kind of bouncing off of each other. So, you know, it's funny because, you know, us having, none of us having lived in the 60s, you know, you it, when I was growing up, you tend to look at the music in a vacuum and be like, well, the Who made this album, and they just made that. And the Stones made this album, and they just made that. And you don't always think about how they bounced off each other, you know? So it's yeah, a cool, the, the, a cool, interesting notion. Was I think technology is allowing us to see more of that. We saw Beck do a project where he did a bunch of Velvet Underground covers, and the, the videos came out on a daily or weekly or monthly basis, whatever that was. It's obviously easier now to distribute something than ever before. I mean, back in the day, nobody would have heard the Jack White cover other than, you know, some crappy bootlegs that would have existed and, and, uh, and the people that were there. So so, yeah, I think now people have the ability to do this kind of stuff. We're seeing things like the Day Trotter sessions coming out where people are doing covers. I mean, there's 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 all this – there's more room to do that. And I think, Harrison, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, hopefully more people get into this kind of thing because the technology allows for it. So, yeah, somebody yeah. could could do something like what you talk about with Hendrix doing Sgt. Peppers, and they can do it really easily. So 
hopefully that that happens. I don't know if you want to go as extreme as Beck when he's like, I'm just going to release a songbook and not actually perform the songs. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I, th- I think that's cool. So anyway, ch- yeah, check out all those performances. You know, I, I'll, I'll put Fish's performance last on the list then. I'm going to put the uh, the Pearl Jam performance, which I hadn't heard with Jay-Z. I, I really like the Jack White cover. Harrison, you were kind of belittling it. I had Maybe I had low expectations for it. But no, I, no, I wasn't. I wasn't because yeah. it, it wasn't like it was just. It, I mean, it's just yeah. I would have liked more of the song. You know, yeah, that's all. yeah, that's, yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a good. It was a good mix in. I mean, I think he played like five different songs over the course of that yeah. clip. You know, it's. it's it, it, I like the way he's doing it right now with this kind of big improv at his shows. It's it's really getting the audience involved. It's a good way to do festivals. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and you know yeah, what? Definitely. I gotta, yeah, and I got to say, I mean, the, the whole thing Jack White doing the, the festivals. I mean, Seven Nation Army in that festival setting's got to be unbelievable. And we've seen some of the videos come out with the, it being done at Bonnaroo and some of the other places, and uh, that's got to be awesome to experience that song in that oh, festival yeah, setting. Yeah, and and you know, it's cool. That song, I was talking to my brother about that uh, this past weekend because he was in Brazil for the World Cup with yeah. my brothers, and that song has actually become. It's I mean, it's become a huge sports anthem. But it was a it was a huge rallying cry for the U.S. World Cup team. Yeah, at the World Cup oh. games, people would start that chant. Um, and yeah, he was telling me that, and I was like, "Wow, that's cool," because I know the Ravens do it. Oh yeah, I know, I know other sports teams do it, and they all claim that it's theirs. But uh, I thought that was cool. At least with the Team USA, we can all kind of get behind that. So anyway, I thought that was cool. But that's that. I was talking to someone about it. I think uh, cousin Mike last week too. But basically about how that that riff is probably, you know, maybe the signature riff of this you know century. It's up there. It's, it's up, up there. Yeah, yeah. But that, that could be a whole other discussion. But I do think, you know, it, yeah, there aren't, you know, you think of guitar riffs, and I think a lot more of the 20th century. But that's one that that stands the test of time. I know Jack Jack White. I, I wish I could cite it, but Jack White in interviews has said he's he loves the fact that that song gets played everywhere. Like he's yeah. not sick of it. Like most musicians get sick of their own songs. He oh, loves right. it. Yeah, that was in a recent a recent interview too. Uh, yeah, I read that yeah. too. Yeah, that that's uh, no, that's yeah, it's it's an amazing song, and obviously uh, Jack White earning honors earlier in this show, so well deserved, yeah. Jack. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I wanted to touch on the debut of the Linda Perry Project, who's somebody that we've talked about on the show before. It's called like Make or Break or something. I watched it. Uh, it's obviously. Yeah, what you think, Scott? Oh, I'm curious. I haven't watched it. It's it's pretty brutal. Uh, it's certainly it's oh, what it is bad? is it's one of these things where she has this chip on her shoulder because she's watched Simon Cowell do this and she's like, I can do this, and it's just, it's it's. Yeah, she's sitting there talking about what's missing from the music world, kind of. And you're like, oh, well, you know what, Linda Perry, all you've done is come out with pop hits. I mean, it's not as if you've you've stuck to your underground roots or something. You've you've produced stuff for Pink and Christina Aguilera. I don't know. I, I'm confused about the messaging. Uh, it's. I don't, it's not, yeah, it's just, it was a... All right, so yeah, it's not something uh, worth carving it. out a lot of time for. No, 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 I would or say... No season pass for that. No, well, uh, the one the one redeeming uh, factor of it is that it shows you how damn talented she is. I mean, in the studio and the orchestrating the studio and all of that, and that's pretty impressive. But the message is kind of, it's it's like she's just got this giant chip on her shoulder because Simon Cowell beat her. The, pro- the premise of the show, I'm going to get a bunch of people... Who are and one of them will be able to record an album on my label. Gee, uh, sounds familiar. Isn't that what Simon right. Cowell did? Why is only one of them? If you own the label, why can't all of them record? It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, that's what she's doing. Weird Al uh, climbing back to the top of the charts now. I love what Weird Al's done. I love the fact it's it's amazing what he's done. Not, cli- yeah. not climbing back. 
First time at number one. First time That's a copy true. album's been there since 1963. This is, like, incredible. Right. and first that, time he's yeah. ever been number one. Yeah, number yeah. one. On well, it, 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 yeah, and it, 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 everything we talk about. I mean, the way that he used technology. I mean, basically, the music industry needs to learn a lot from the way that this this content was released, right? Eight eight videos yeah. in eight days, and uh, it was awesome. And, wait, and, like, every day you'd watch a different one, and they were, they were it was good content, obviously. That's number one. It has to be good. But also, he used every method possible to release the stuff and he the first video actually partnered with a fellow podcast nerdist uh and he it was released on nerdist.com the first video and yeah it was uh, yeah it was good i don't know it's it's great no it's It's, you're right it's it's it's, that's marketing right now and he nailed it yeah i mean that's why the album is it's done so and we, well. And also, but, don't well. Also, don't discount the fact that he's a brilliant satirist and a bu- brilliant writer of parody. I yeah. mean, the songs are pitch like literally pitch perfect, and yeah. he hits every note on every song. He he nails it, and he's been nailing it for thirty one years. Like he's he he still hasn't missed a beat. He's still got his pulse on. He knows how to engage with his audience, which is you know, 10 to 18-year-old boys, and then whoever else wants to listen. Well, these days, I actually, I think it's a lot more like 30 and 40-something. Well, they're going to be... You would actually, I think you you'd know, be surprised like how much he appeals to the No, I'm not members. saying he doesn't appeal to that audience, but everyone I heard talk, and obviously it's because I'm in my 30s. Yeah, how many 10 to 18-year-old boys are you talking to? You were having covers, yeah. a lot of conversations with 10-year-old boys. That's a different conversation we had. Well, I'm not having those, but I don't know how excited those kids are, but like I, I feel like adults in their 30s and 40s are excited, so, you know, yeah. so I'm sure. Well, yeah, there. well, you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm so glad that it's good, and I'm so glad that it was a success. Congratulations, Weird Al. Well, You've, I just you've met our expectations. Yeah, yeah. 2014, and he's having that kind of success. But I will say, if you listen to the whole album, there are some missteps, so I don't want to say everything's <laughs> perfect on there. Uh, Todd, the, the, but, ever but, the ever-working what? critic. I, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't want to gloss over everything. No, His no. original stuff is kind of lacking. The covers are probably the highlight. Yeah. But that's all. That's, Always. I just wanted to mention. Yeah. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. And, and, yeah, some of the... Some of the covers fare better than others, but overall, it is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was good, and well, I, I think we'll see. You know, it's interesting. It's probably the the second most creative or most creative release of an album next to the Beyonce release. You know, the way that she did it with putting out all the oh, videos yeah. at the same time as the songs. She did it in a different way because she actually sold the videos. Uh, it's it's really really interesting, and and he's not. You know what's interesting about him is he's not Timberlake and he's not Beyonce. It wasn't a given for him to to do this well. He had to combine good content alongside a very good marketing. It wasn't just a given. Like the other people, the pop stars we mentioned, can basically just put stuff out. And what'll happen is either you'll see media companies like the way that Samsung embraced Jay Z and they'll just work with them, or you'll you'll see the fans automatically go to them. So yeah, it's remarkable. No, that's true. What do. That's true. Yeah, really. He had a lot more to overcome, I think. Really cool. Yeah. Final final news story of the week is that that our our guy Coolio has decided who we, we got to get on the show. I think Coolio, uh, but more importantly, I'd love to have LV on the show. Obviously, um, <laughs> of course. Harrison, do you remember? Do you remember LV? No. LV saying, LV saying oh. gangsters. He was the sweaty fat guy. He sang the hook in the yeah. He sang the hook, oh, yeah. and he was the sweaty fat guy in the video. He. 
Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> we have to mention Amish Paradise yeah, yeah. if we're going to talk oh! about Weird Al back to back with Julio. Yes, well, you have to mention that is, Amish Paradise. That is awesome. You're right, Todd. You're right. Which Amish... is actually, I think, his most disputed cover ever because he always gets artist approval. He always says that. But Coolio apparently decided later he didn't like it or something. Well, see, from what I've understood is that was a manufactured pro- manufactured issue because VH1 behind the music had nothing controversial to say about Weird Al when they did their episode. Uh, <laughs> that was the closest to controversy Maybe. that you get. That makes yeah. sense. Coolio. But I feel funny, yeah, talking Coolio and Weird Al. Well, the story yeah. about Coolio, Coolio is going to release his music via Pornhub, exclusively via Pornhub. I said that correctly. <laughs> Pornhub, every tech, oh. since every technology company has to get into the music game, Pornhub is now getting into the music game, and they've signed Coolio exclusively. His music will be available exclusively through yeah. Pornhub. Exclusively on Pornhub. You go, you go where the fans are, guys. I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Yeah. Fans he, he must yeah. have done some market research. Well, he knows, you know what? We know it's funny because we, we know that music is one of the most popular things uh, ingested uh, over the Internet, with probably porn being number Number one, music maybe. So right. maybe he knows yeah. what he's doing. You know, he's like, I don't need this. I don't need this Spotify shit. I'm gonna go to number one. I'm going to Pornhub. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure which artists they're looking at signing next, but uh, obviously exclusive distribution rights for Coolio is the first step for for Pornhub. So if you nice scoop, Scott. I like yeah. It. If you're if you're clicking around, don't miss <laughs> misclick on the Coolio video accidentally. Uh, but anyway, I don't I don't know. Instant boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see his little his brains popping up. Oh man, jeez, Coolio! Because that's what people are looking for when they go to Pornhub. Yeah, oh, the new Coolio. <laughs> Forget the porn. Let me just see what he's up to. Yeah, oh, I just hope they can find Paradise other. I, yeah, it's it's great that they're deciding to uh, release the music of long lost rappers. I can't wait till the new Bubba Sparks comes out on Pornhub. That's gonna be great. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Porn. There you go. Pornhub. Get your new Coolio on Pornhub. So that's that's the news of the week. We did forget to do something we were talking about doing as far as the albums that you're looking forward to. Of course, earlier in the show, we counted down our favorite albums of 2014 so far. Uh, what are some of the releases that you guys are looking forward to as we look ahead to the last few months here of 2014? We can kind of tie it into months. what we're listening to. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Harrison, so, you want to kick Harrison, it off? Kick it off. Sure. Uh, what I'm listening to and what I'm looking forward to are kind of the same. Uh, Gaslight's album's uh, Get Hurt single I've been listening to, uh, which is kind of a nice slow ballad for Gaslight Anthem. And the uh, album of the same name, Get Hurt, is released on August 19th. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the new Pornographer is also coming out uh, the week after that with their new album, Brill Bruisers, um, which you'll be touring on with The Pains of Being Pure at Heart. Um, so that'll be cool. Nice. Um, well, I have some overlap with Harrison, uh, of course. The Gaslight Anthem album, definitely the most uh, anticipated album for me, since I'm a huge, I love Gaslight. I just bought my tickets to see them on their tour this fall, with Against Me, actually, um, who Scott had on his list. And actually, I have to do a little apology, because I have gotten into Against Me in the last couple months, and I, in the very first episode of this show, if anyone listened to it, <laughs> Scott, I kind of mocked him a little, or at least didn't take him seriously when he said that Against Me was something he was listening to at the time, and I've gotten into it, so I have to say, I was that's my bad. I, I like, I enjoyed the, I really like the new album, and I'm looking forward to seeing them co-headline with Gaslighting. Anyway, next, in September. So, uh, otherwise, Ryan Adams has a new album, very excited about, new single, uh, Tweety, which is Jeff Tweety's new project with his son, uh, cleverly named Tweety. Uh, that's coming out. Jenny Lewis has a new album called Voyager, very excited, great single. Beck actually produced the new single. Um, and, uh, yeah, you mentioned New Pornographers, awesome. 
And then currently listening to uh, I listen to Rise Against new album. Uh, not to be confused with Against Me, which I often do. Uh, not, that great. not that great. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. Said, Against Me is good. Rise I, Against, no. can't really get into it. Yeah, kind of no. generic punk to me. Poppy yeah. um, a little bit, but can't get too excited. So that's everything. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan of that band. Uh, Rise, Rise Against. against. Yeah. yeah, they haven't done much for me. My, uh, I'll continue my, my alt-country theme of the day as, I, as we were touting Old 97. So what I'm listening to, Strand of Oaks with an album called Heal. Uh, really, alt-country, that's it. That's all you need to know. If you're into alt-country, check out Strand of Oaks. And my, the two releases are actually both alt-country re- releases. You mentioned the Ryan Adams release. Excited about that. New single, I'm okay with. It's grown on me a little bit. It's, 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 it's met expectations, to use some of the terms <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it's met expectations, but maybe I expect more from Ryan Adams. But yeah, I'm excited about new Ryan Adams and uh, Lucero coming out with a new album too. Uh, I think oh, their cool. stuff comes out in a, in a few weeks, so excited about both that. of those. So uh, yeah, so I went with the alt country route here today. So. Anyway, I like it. That's yeah, thematic, yeah. thematic there. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So I think the listeners are starting to understand where all of our musical passions lie, you know? And then they <laughs> I come, think so. And then they That's come true. together. After 19 episodes. 19 yeah. episodes. You know, so ni- 19 episodes in the books. Uh, we want to thank Dan Byrne for joining us today. And uh, guys, anything else before we get out of here? Oh, well, I usually take a Thanks for listening. I usually take us out I with a song, you. and I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. That's today. right. Yeah, and I did, right. and I should, yeah. and I don't know why. I, I don't know why I, I was so. How about some? Can about, we get some Weird Al, maybe? Weird Al? Oh, yeah, oh. Harrison, yeah, yeah, you want yeah. something else? Good no, that's good. That's good. No, no, good I mean, call. when else are we going to play Weird Al? It doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's true. We this should, is his moment right now play, in the sun. We should play some so Weird Al. So maybe if we can play uh, either Tacky or Handy. Yeah, we'll go with Tacky. Tacky, all right.